name is Christian Duran, Senior Vice President of the Oh Dear Podcast, Oh Dear Nation, and Oh Dear Limited. Uh, with me today are my We're, we're expanding. <laughs> we're I didn't realize to... that's good news, guys. So you we can, baby. We have subsidiaries. Good for us, man. <laughs> with me today, as always, Brett Raybold and Nick Whitmer. I don't like how he said his name first, but that's fair. That's fair. Great to be here, Chris. I like how it seems like we're doing a sports telecast. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. The Jets. <laughs> what do they have to do? Yo, Christian, respect on pulling out the one sports reference you could yank out of your It wasn't even game. a reference. I just said a name of a team <laughs> and yeah. the most basic sports analysis. What do they have to do? <laughs> It'd be really funny for you to just like crash a like a first take type show. Yeah. Where they just have you on and they're every the one guy's frivolously like just really debating fever feverishly yeah. and like saying all these facts and like what do you say, Christian? And you're like, Yeah, you know, um the Jets, uh yeah, that, they're good. They're good. So I mean I could like, do that. They're like, <laughs> we, we were, were talking, talking about the NBA finals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the planes they took to get to the arena, they worked. They were good. <laughs> they like, arrived on time. I don't criticize them at all. They're like, What about that that missed kick? I was like, I mean, I couldn't make that kick, so I mean <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I'm That'd sure, Christian, all you would focus on is how much of a shame it is that someone's kneeling during the anthem, <laughs> knowing, knowing you, knowing you. Yeah, it's really disrespectful. It's just so disrespectful to our nation. Did we and didn't our even flight. talk about, did we talk about it when Drew Brees, like how he said that? It was one thing to have that opinion in the heat of it happening and, you know, the dust hasn't settled. Yeah. So tensions are just high, but Drew Brees said it like, it's like five years later, yeah. And still, is like I just will not. No one can disrespect the flag ever. But also, like at the time of the protest, right? Like, wasn't it like just when George Floyd died, or was it? Yeah, it was like yeah, it was like a couple weeks after. It was like the height of all of the racial turmoil that we just experienced. Yeah, that's really that's really messed up. It's just yeah. it just you because it makes it sound so much more racist because it's like. We're talking about something else. He's like, I just don't think they should be kneeling. And you're like, uh. <laughs> He's like, during the anthem or on a black man's neck, either way. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, to me, it's like I, quarterbacks in the NFL are, are like politicians. Like, whenever they get in, and I think part of the reason why Kaepernick got as much blowback as he did is because he was a quarterback. Like, uh, quarterbacks and press conferences are always just like they don't say anything like tom brady is like perfected the art of never saying anything it's just like every politician ever uh so i think what happened with drew Brees was they asked him about like disrespecting the flag or something and he was like yeah you know you can't disrespect the flag my grandfather he like went into soundbite about why he loves america and it, it was just at a really yeah. bad time <laughs> which is the thing is is like that soundbite almost always just saying like you know give it up for our country is yeah. like 99.99 repeating percent chance that's a safe thing to say <laughs> exactly yeah. Exactly. And he was what like, was oh, he shit, that's not cool now? Fuck. What was he asked, Whitmer? Was he asked I don't know, I don't know exactly what he was asked, but I think that I think the way he was asked about it was about protesting during the anthem and will he protest during the anthem this coming season? And then he said, no, I won't protest during the anthem because, I, you know, my grandfather's fought 
in World War Two, and like I think I think it's disrespectful to the flag and this that and the other, and it, and it's just like, I mean, I mean that that's a fair opinion to have, obviously, but I think so many people have pointed out the, the, the bias of the right who. Basically, when Drew Brees said that, they're like, hey, he has a right to an opinion. But when LeBron James has an opinion about police brutality, <laughs> Laura Ingram says, shut up and dribble. So right. I think it's it's just like it's just like it, it, he was just tone deaf. I think I think Drew Brees um, is probably like a I mean, he's a he's a leader in a locker room with probably 90 percent, maybe more black people on the team. I don't think that he's a racist or anything like that, but. I do think that when you're a rich white person who lives in a mansion, you can kind of become tone deaf a lot easier because you're so separated from reality. Yeah, that's probably yeah. What happened with him. I yeah, and I'm yeah, that's probably what happened. And I think conservatives, part of the reason they feel so much like frustration is they spend. I mean, both sides, but they just spend time. Just wanting to call out the double standards. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's almost what they are more mad about than the actual issues themselves. Yeah. Like their anger about the double standards that perhaps like liberal or conservative opinions or how they're treated in, you know, in the national discourse or in mass media lead to them digging their heels in on their opinions because, I mean, you are right. Uh, if you are a public person, you do kind of now have to be publicly liberal. Uh, and whether that's right or wrong is a, uh, you know, I don't know. It's a complex thing. It is but weird like, because... It, as the goal, I'm sorry, Christian, but as the goalposts move, the, the, the speakers who just say nothing have to then pivot to the new saying nothing. Yeah. So, like, the new version of saying nothing is, like, you know, being on the the socially liberal side of all of this. Because if you say anything other than that, it's it's going to ruffle feathers. So, like, the job, I think, of him is, pro- is in his mind, is just, like, to not create controversy whenever he speaks. Uh, what were we going to say, Christian? That's a great Oh, no. Point. I mean, well, two things. It's, like, to your point, it, it is funny that, like, you basically just have to say uh, to play both sides. You're like... Listen, I, I respect our flag and I respect the uh, the uh, you know the great sacrifice that our troops made, but at the same time, we really have to have a conversation about race. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're totally. like, um, you so are away. you going to be kneeling? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like I said everything I need to say about that. Anyway, next question. Just, <laughs> just so you know, as Christian said that, I was like, man, this guy is so inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> It's like this guy should be the leader of a, a football team, man. But also, it, it like reminds me of this thing that Neil Brennan says a lot, where he goes, "Don't be a good interview. Like it, it can only <laughs> do you ah. harm. Like if you're on something and uh, you're a good interview, it means like you're gonna say something that's interesting, that's why, which is but, not good for you. That's a great point. But that's also why I think one of the reasons Kanye West has had a career he's had is that guy is always a good interview. Yeah. And that's how you, you know, that authenticity, even if it's authenticity in the face of being wrong, sometimes gloriously wrong, you do have to appreciate being willing to be wrong or, or just, or being willing to actually say some shit. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think Trump used to have that, where, like, anytime Trump opened his mouth, it was always interesting. Now yeah. it's gotten to the point where it's scary, <laughs> uh, in my opinion, anyway. But um, Well, when, it's, when you have, like, stakes like that, it becomes... Yeah scarier yeah yeah but you're right i mean there's some there's certain people who are guaranteed i want to see that new interview like if you told me tomorrow like howard stern interviewed fill in the blank there's a certain group of people who even if i hate that person i'm like i'm tuning in yeah you know what i mean like kanye is one of them trump used to be one of them if you're just like a person who it's kind of just like so um polarizing and so in like you just say outlandish shit i'm like i need that howard stern interview i need it now christian it's so funny that that what you just said about like you know uh you know i respect the sacrifice of our veterans at the same time uh we have to have an honest conversation about race literally all you have to do is apply the principle of both teams played hard yeah. To kind of any yeah. issue, right? And it's now oh, you're just it's you're okay, but you Wimmer, you make a great point in that the goalposts have moved, in which it seems like speaking some validity to a conservative, what's considered a conservative mindset, is beginning to be or you know really taboo or whatever. And I, there are some issues now. I feel like I got to be clear: is I don't even see like. Black Lives Matter, I think it's unfortunate people see it as a political thing because I think it's more of a human thing. Uh, I don't know if that sounds tacky, but it has become politicized and now it's identity versus identity. Um, yeah, well, it's like that's what happens in America. It's like there's there's no reason why the coronavirus should be political in any way at all. But for some reason, the people on the right and the people on the left come to political blows uh, debating the impact and prevention and treatment of the virus. So it's like global warming, another one. I mean, there's so many things that should not in any way at all become political, but they do. And it's just like, that's just America now. It's fucking nuts how there's literally a global pandemic going on. And to wear a mask or not to wear a mask is basically, are you a liberal or are you a Republican? Or Democrat or Republican, because that's going to tell you what you uh, yeah. what you wear and what you don't wear. Like that's right. silly. That's so silly to me. Like, yeah, I, like, why can't the facts just be the, the, like the facts are different for both sides? It's crazy. Yeah. Like I went downstairs to go get my mail, and then uh, like I just I was going downstairs. And I'm like, there's not going to be anybody down there anyway. So, whatever. I forgot my mask, and I went down, and then like you could just see people looking at you like. Oh, oh, fucking yeah. all right. Where's his Nazi <laughs> tattoo? But yeah. then you're black. So they're not going to say anything, <laughs> yeah, Christian. <exactly. laughs> um, I would say very real thing. With D, my girlfriend and I were moving uh, out of our New York apartment. We put our stuff in a storage facility. Uh, it, you know, when you see like a young white girl with no mask, it's way easier to be like, <laughs> hey, asshole. Than uh, than someone of a different ilk, and that's a prejudice that people need to get over too. It's true. Um, I, I going back to that that thing of uh, of like the talking points and how you get like it's basically media training. But like one of the things I noticed is that the way to get through that thing is just to be like is to say two statements and not have any action verbs or action steps in them. So like saying we need to respect our troops. 
there's, you know, and we need to have a conversation about race. We need to have like, there's no, like we need to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, we need to think about having a conversation about race. Just keep it all abstract. It's like, we yeah. need responsible gun ownership. Yeah. <laughs> like the yes. word, uh, the word because will never come after the sentence. Yeah. They'll, never <laughs> yeah. They'll never be like, we need to do this because here's a list. You know, like they never go into that or they never go into the how. Like there's you know, no how or why. It's just, you know, right. it's just we need to do this, period. Like if you want to get away from the mass thing, you go, look, w- people people need to be free and have work, but they also need to be able to do it in a safe way. And that's my platform. <laughs> I just got a uh, Google News update that Christian Duran has been elected governor. Of... <laughs> just this podcast is live, and Christian really is showing just how brilliant of a leader he is. Look, we just need yeah, it, Democrats yeah. and Republicans just to get together, and we can solve our issues if we just talk them through and have a nice discussion. But that's like, I think that's part of what. Uh, for whatever, like a U.S. political system, the goal is to just get as many people in the audience live and on TV to just start nodding their heads and go, yeah. Because if you make it so diluted to actually be nothing, it's not actionable like you said. Yeah. Then that everyone can nod their heads and go, yeah, we do need responsible yeah. gun ownership. It just <laughs> – it appeals to everybody. Yeah. What the weird – oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, because even gun owners are like, yeah, we need responsible gun owners. Yeah. Well, the weird thing is like the job of politician is to get in office. So basically there's almost like a weird like say whatever you need to to get in office. And then the idea is like once you're in there, you can essentially do whatever you want. But the problem is once you get in there, everybody else is trying to keep their job. So you just get blocked and you're just stuck. Everybody's just stuck like really not moving at all like there's no movement whatsoever just because everybody's trying to either keep or get a job it's just yeah. so odd and like everyone's just gets done. trying to get fired trying not to get fired I know. <laughs> and you can't get fired if you don't do, do anything, anything. Bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can't get you can get like you can't get fired if you don't do anything bad you can get fired if you really f up if yeah. you have grounds for firing but if you kind of just keep it at the neutral do just a little bit of work, but not really do anything. Yeah. It's hard to get fired. I remember Lauren Michael said that in a, some story about he was trying to get some project off the ground in like the seventies or something like that. So he went to the head of whoever it was, NBC or something. And he's like, Oh, we got this great uh, variety show. We want to do this special and it's going to have Barbara Streisand and Kurt, uh, Burt Reynolds, like uh, the biggest stars of the day. We got this, we got the funding, we got all the stuff and blah, 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 blah. And he goes, uh, so what do you think? Let's do it. And then the executive is like, no, nah, we're not going to do it. And he's like, but this is a surefire thing. He's like, no, nah, we're not going to do it. So then like two weeks later, he comes back and he's like, look, I really think we should do that thing. We got all this stuff. We got all the money and all this stuff. He's like, all right, yeah, let's do it. And he goes, well, what, what changed? He's like, I don't know. You just seem passionate about it. He's like, well, why'd you say no? He's like, dude, you got to understand like the only right answer in my line of work is no. Because he's like, because I get to keep my job if I just, if I don't spend any money and if I spend money and it's a failure, then I lose my job. And if I spend money success, great. But more often than not, it's probably going to be a failure. (laughs) So it benefits me to no degree to say yes. Yeah. It's almost like, um, what's the, uh, term for it where 
you're just in your best in everyone's best game theory. It's almost like yeah. if you look at the game theory of that. If no is just a guaranteed surefire, not loss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so uh, I wanted to bring up this because Whitmer, uh, I think Whitmer had an accurate summation of really the political spectrum <laughs> and why there's truly so much discordancy and just straight up disdain and hatred among everyone. And uh, Whitmer, you, yeah, go ahead. I posted on Facebook like, an hour ago, by the way, <laughs> and uh, it started internet fights and stuff. Oh, so it's, I think it's definitely right. Um, I, I shared a screenshot oh, um, yeah. that I saw on Instagram of somebody uh, posted. So someone took a picture of a Trump supporter on an airplane, and you know he's a Trump supporter because he has the MAGA hat on, and he's wearing like what looks like it could be a mask, but it's probably. It's either a mask that he's using to cover his eyes or it's a eye mask that you would wear on a plane, but he's not covering his face. And then, like, everybody else in the picture is wearing masks. Uh, and then, like, the comment by the person who posted it is, a turd supporter's the only person on this plane not wearing a mask. <laughs> and then it's liked I, I, by 6,200 people, including Julie Klausner. Now... So, <laughs> For, yeah, so yeah, I think it is a actual. It is a mask that one would use for their ma f mouth, but he just lifted it up so it's covering his eyes. So it's now turned into a sleeping ma uh, sleeping mask rather than a yeah. face mask. And, so I wrote. Uh, I wrote. Yeah. This sums up 2020 perfectly. One, it's a Trump supporter not giving a fuck, ignoring science and rules, <laughs> making us all question how someone could be so selfish slash dumb. Two, yep. somebody filming him without him knowing. <laughs> yeah. Three, liberals <laughs> shaming him on the internet. Yep. Four, liberals thinking they're clever by saying turd supporter. Like, that's going to yep. be the insult that makes him resign. <laughs> <laughs> and five, Julie Clouser just loving every second of all of the drama. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The only thing it's missing is fireworks. <laughs> and then it tells the whole story of 2020. <laughs> it really, it's, the reason I love that is it really checkmates everybody else yeah. on their bullshit. It just shows that everybody has some bullshit to what they're trying to do or how they're going about doing it. And everybody got checkmated with that. And so it, I love it because it's like you can't deny that that's the real reality of the situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked at it and I just laughed. And then I, everything just clicked in my head. For, like, I was like, this is perfect. This is, I, this is exactly what everything is today. I yeah. genuinely think my favorite one is somebody filming him without permission. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> Because that's the one that kind of isn't political, and, and uh, it, you know, it just it speaks to how we all don't even mind invading anyone's privacy. We just think like everyone has a right to take a photo of anyone at any moment. Yeah, and yeah. obviously, it's not a defense of what that guy's doing. He is being an asshole, um, but it's also funny. Because he's also being that like a Trump supporter smart aleck in which he could argue, I am wearing a mask. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? He actually has the legalese to – I got in an argument um, with my uh, brother uh, about this, not Jordan, the comedian, the other one, a lawyer. And I think he had went into a store uh, to just do a pickup of like a, a restaurant order. 
And uh, the owner was like, whoa, 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 dude, you need a mask. And my brother, who is a lawyer, uh, said, like, says who? He lives in Texas, by the way. Yeah. And the owner was like, the, the law, the law says that. And my brother was like, it's a couple weeks ago, was like, actually, Governor a- Abbott has said that, uh, you know, people are allowed to use their discretion. And I, it was just, we all on the family Zoom just started crapping on my brother. And it was just annoying because you're like, yes, you win. Yes, technically, legally. <laughs> yeah. Just smart Alex, you're nah, winning. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really all it is. Is like, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Exactly. But yeah. Just fucking do it. Yeah. That's There's, another thing about 2020. There's so many sentences that start with, well, actually. Yeah. Yes. And it's like yeah. every time that's about to be said, I'm like, I don't need to know. I don't. You're just, you're just trying to get win on a technicality. You're, you have no moral ground to hear. You're just trying to win on the fucking technicality. It's so annoying. And that's everything. It's that's like, if you watch a tutorial about fucking like bread making, someone's like, well, actually, that's not <laughs> the right kind of flour, and you're, yeah. you, you should be turning it at a 25 degree angle. It's like I didn't though. So yeah, what so, do you want to do? Like, you, so, you're, not, and, you're not eating it or paying for it. So and, and, and because you said that, I'm now voting for Trump. Because. <laughs> <laughs> That's like I thought about that during this four years of this campaign so much, just like to annoy liberals to be like, listen, I wasn't going to vote for Trump, but because you're annoying, I'm going to vote for him. Because that's how annoying you are, that I but want the worst person in America to be president. In 2016, Donald Trump was a protest vote to the system. In 2020, a Donald Trump vote is a protest vote to just people being really fucking annoying. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's It used it was a middle finger at, like, the system. Right. And now it's a middle finger at the other side. See, I think I disagree because I think in 2016 yeah. it was uh, you guys are so annoying. I'm voting the fuck you vote. Okay. Now, if you vote for Trump, I think that you just you just want the country to just like you have to be rooting for some sort of civil war where like we take back the country and we start just murdering liberals. Like I don't, I just don't like I like I I wrote it to somebody who told me that they're voting for Trump. I was like. If you still like Trump after all of this, he could literally murder your mom and you'd be like, well, she had it coming. Like there's nothing <laughs> that there's nothing that he could do now that would make you not like him. There's no, there's nothing like what like out of all the shit, the story that came out about these bounties that Putin was offering yeah. the Taliban and the Afghanistan. How does that not immediately go? All right, this guy cares more about his business interests with in Russia than he does about America. Like it's just like every day there's a story where you're like, "Yep, this guy just doesn't give a shit about us." But well, there's still these foaming yeah. at the mouth supporters that like I I, I I just don't see it. I don't see it. I think part of it relates to, and this is why America hates America. I th- I really think a lot of it stems from everybody is acting somewhat intellectually or at least emotionally, rationally, based off of the information they are getting. The problem is a lot of people are getting terrible information, either yeah. mi- straight up misinformation or like a sliver of information that is in that sliver of information that is true that sliver of information is true but it's deceptive because the sliver is not the broader truth you can just take that detail to confirm your narrative yeah and um that's you know that's why like 
with regard to like Black Lives Matter stuff, when people are not in favor or in agreement of the general idea <laughs> that black people have faced marginalization in America in the past, which still has relevance to today, and they can they can go, well, what about affirmative action or whatever? You can go, you just are picking the one sliver that maybe like doesn't confirm that I, that truth for your narrative. But the truth is the truth. You're the one starting a narrative. Yeah. It's, does, that, uh, does that make sense? Yeah, no, yeah. it totally makes sense. It's like when, when, uh, when, whenever something like that happened, like George Floyd or like Trayvon Martin or whoever, like, or Eric Garner, the first thing they do is like, well, you know, he was, uh, he was a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, right. It doesn't even a little bit matter. That's what I'm trying to, yeah, you can't, like, no one, I got into, it's my fault, I, and I never do this, but in the last two weeks, I've gotten into a few, like, Facebook debates with people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whitmer. It's just stupid, it's stupid, it's so stupid. You indulged yourself. Yeah, (laughs) you know what it is, yeah, exactly. You know what it is, I deactivated Twitter, and now all my rage is on Facebook, because it used to be on Twitter. <laughs> Whitmer, you I, just so by the way, I didn't learn anything. to the baby boomer category. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, now I'm Christian's age. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the only young kid left. But this guy so, was yeah. talking about like the guy who got killed at Wendy's in Georgia, and how he was out on parole for like a crime, and like he attacked a police officer and it's like yeah that is all true that's all true but that still does not mean that the cop could just kill him and get off scot-free yeah but also like, you what's like also true be- is he was murdered <laughs> by getting yeah, shot in like, the back yeah it's like so they're like yeah but he stole the taser but he, here's the thing he stole the taser and then shot it so after he shot the taser and missed the cops the taser's useless. You, it's not like it has 50 rounds. So he's running at this point with a toy in his hand. And the guy pulls out a gun and shoots him still. So it's like anybody who is a well-trained cop would be like, oh, he shot the taser. It's out of ammunition now. He can't do anything to us. There's no reason to use fatal force whatsoever, lethal force. It's it's like there's no – like that the people get murked up on the fucking details of this guy was on parole. And it's like, okay. it's I see this all the time like – there was a video that went viral. This is probably like five years ago on the right, on people on the right going like, this is the liberal media will never report on this. And it was a guy walks into a, like a seven 11 and pulls out a knife and like is robbing the seven 11. And then a person in the seven 11, who's a customer pulls out a gun and like shoots him and the guy dies. And they're basically arguing that see guns save lives. I'm like, Dude, the guy was robbing with a knife. He was just trying to get like forty dollars and running yeah. away, and you murdered him. And what? <laughs> how, how is that okay in the circumstances? So you're illegally, you're just allowed to murder somebody because mm-hmm. you thought that like that's so stupid. Like that's such a dumb argument. Like we have a justice system for a reason. If that guy got arrested the day after that, he would have been put in jail, and he would have put been put in jail by a measured amount of time by a judge who prosecutes those crimes he wouldn't have been put in the electric chair yeah but people like dude people especially in like the midwest and stuff people really like frontier justice and we've talked about it before but it's like that idea of like people love bullying videos like any he's like bully gets what he deserves and they're like both 11 and you're like yeah fuck him forever you're like he's 11 dude (laughs) chill (laughs) 
<laughs> like, yeah, why are you so voyeuristically, like, you know, jacking off to these? Yeah. These, yeah, he's a 12-year-old who's a bully, and he got punched and knocked the F out by another 12-year-old. Yeah. So fucking crazy. It's, that's, so, oh, that's so accurate. This is what I want to bring up. Whitmer, I think you... I don't know if you saw, shared this on Facebook or whatever, but, like, I don't know if I've ever seen it, like, put so so well it's just like some meme but somebody put it says how sad it must be believing that scientists scholars historians economists and journalists have devoted their entire lives to deceiving you while a reality tv star with decades of fraud and exhaustively uh documented lying is your only beacon of truth and honesty and i was like yeah i never share memes but i saw that i was like dude i've never seen it summed up so perfectly it's like, just that's like, it this one That's guy it. is like telling you the truth all the time, but yeah, everyone else is conspired to just fuck with and your it made feeble it their, mind. It made it their life, their life's work to conspire too. Yeah. Like everybody who's a journalist, at the New York Times has been sitting there like mm, this yeah. whole time. Like, like their whole aspiration in life was not to be like Woodward and Bernstein. No, it was to, you know, trick dumb people into believing their agenda. Like, yeah. It's so silly. Like, I, I this is what I've come to think of as I can I can put it in one sentence is some people choose to believe asinine conspiracy theories over uncomfortable facts. Yeah. So if there's a fact that makes you a little uncomfortable, like there's police brutality, like the economy or, or like the climate's changing and it could fucking destroy, you know, where people live or anything like that that makes you go, "Oh shit, I have to do something about this." You, you can cling to the first conspiracy theory of, oh, they're just lying and it's all going to be okay. And, yeah. and uh, this is all just a big rue. Like, like that's what it, that's what it is. Like they'd rather believe in a conspiracy, a conspiracy theory than an uncomfortable fact. Right. Which is so weird that, uh, that a conspiracy like that is more comfortable to someone in a way. Yeah. Well, the thing yeah. is like, because you don't, because it doesn't require you to do anything. <laughs> that's really what yeah. it is right uh, this is like and there's you know there's videos where like you know there's oh, we gotta have an awkward conversation about race we everyone needs to like be upfront and honest but I'm like it doesn't need to be awkward in terms of like if someone tells me the realities of the situation I'm not uncomfortable because I'm just like I can accept it do you know, does that make sense? Like, yeah. it's not awkward yeah. to me. It's just what it is. And you're applying awkwardness because, you know, people are cagey. I don't Yeah. It's because you're open to the possibility that you might be wrong or that you could be doing something wrong. And if somebody tells you that, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could be fucked up or whatever. But like some people are like, no, well, I don't fucking do Christian, shit. I'm just really smart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. get booted from the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. Yeah. I just think it's funny that you could have uh, information catered to you to make you feel good. Like it's the same information, but they take the sliver of it that is a bias and then just present it to you, so you don't you just feel good. Like, could you imagine, like, it's it, like any other scenario where you would, like, if you're fucking, let's just say, God forbid, a family member was diagnosed with cancer, and the doctor comes out to tell you what's up, and you're like, Doc, Doc, before you say anything, can you just tell me the things that I want to hear about <laughs> the situation? 
And it's like, yeah. well, your mother, you know, well, she, she looks good. All right, awesome. Thank uh, you. She does look good. The, I'm leaving. Of, yeah. <laughs> she Whatever doesn't you have, have to say, it doesn't matter. <laughs> she doesn't have AIDS. <laughs> so. And uh, all of the coal jobs are coming back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, every media outlet is just, everyone should just type into their browser, confirmmyworldview.com, and that's the news source. It should just, that should be what you have to type in to go to whatever your news, your most visited news source is. Because that's a little bit how it feels. And then what sucks is there actually are good ones. Like, straight up, it is not biased to say New York Times is a better news source than one American news network. I'm going to say this. If your media publication has the name of the country in it, I already just don't trust it a little bit. I don't like I don't care if you're Sweden and it's like Sweden, you know, unite Sweden dot org. I'm like, I don't trust it. I don't trust that media outlet. Yeah, also if it's like anything like the word patriot or guardian or yeah. or you know, anything in there, you know it's automatically like the why are you claiming to be that? Yeah. Like you're We're the protectors the, of yeah, truth. God the the Guardian is the most pretentious name to fucking call your... Oh, we're the Guardians. Oh, really, are you? Because I read the dumbest shit on your platform all the time, dude. I, I met my girlfriend's uncle uh, a month or two ago, and uh, I could tell his polit- political beliefs by the names of his dogs. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I was just playing with him, and I go, oh, what, what, what are their names? Truth and, he goes, and justice? Uh, no, he said, that's, uh, he said, that's liberty... And then he goes, and that's freedom. <laughs> it's just funny where it's like, I mean, did you have to make them synonyms? <laughs> you know what I mean? Couldn't you have, uh, I don't know, even just done not synonyms? <laughs> or you could have just been like, that's, you know, Reagan and that's Bush or something. <laughs> like you. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Uh, have you guys, I mean... Brett, you're obviously in Maine, but do you? Does no longer. F- I'm in, in Kansas KC City. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, I, I surprised my mom uh, yesterday. My dad knew I was coming, and we conspired to not tell my mom, and uh, it was fun surprising her. Hmm. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, KC. But, but go ahead with your. But uh, I was asking, like, do we know why there's like this sudden outburst of fireworks in New York? Like what yeah, is that? There's, I've heard a lot of. Th- I've heard there's conspiracy theories that like, <laughs> oh, it's the cops. They're giving them to kids so that they put them off at two in the morning, and then people have to call the cops, and then they feel needed again, and people realize how much they need the cops. Also, it's kind of like I also heard that the cops are just not responding to anything right now. They're being babies. Like yeah. they literally had a press <laughs> conference yesterday. We're like, we're not even allowed to touch criminals anymore. Um, <laughs> And so they're just not answering the phone and not showing up to anything. So if you call the cops, no one shows up. So there's this little bit of anarchy going on in New York City right now where people are like, they're just out partying and it's three in the morning. They're like, let's shoot off some fireworks. Fuck it. No one can stop us. It's like the guys after Me Too who are like, are we even allowed to date anymore? (laughs) Yeah. God, I can't even smile at a girl at the office anymore. (laughs) Yeah, a story comes out about Harvey Weinstein rape 
50 plus women and they're like oh you can't give a girl a compliment what is wrong (laughs) oh yeah that's your takeaway from this Uh, yeah i don't know i've just been hearing a lot about it and i've just heard there's like an abundance of illegal fireworks for some reason but it's just like there's got to be a reason like it just seems so odd that all of a sudden there's just fireworks every night in new york but like and not like firecrackers like no, fucking, there's like professional fireworks yeah. <laughs> like every night it's those crazy. big ones on yeah. the i like Beep. dude we're not joking dude like I, i'll see him from my uh from my window like all of a sudden there's a big show at like 2 a.m and just goes off. Every dog in the neighborhood goes crazy. <laughs> it shows you that everybody deep down is still like an eighth grader because now that there's no cops, they're like, "Nobody's gonna shoot up fireworks, bro." Yeah. It's so that's, sick. That's the most creative thing humanity can come up with yeah. when the the fabric of society has frayed. <laughs> is shooting fireworks. fireworks. It's like that's the thing that they've been really pissed off about. Is like I always just wanted to shoot up fireworks. I was never allowed to. But now, <laughs> now, thanks, thanks to all this civil unrest, uh, <laughs> worldwide pandemic, and impending depression, I can finally be at ease and shoot my fireworks. Which is, yeah. I, no, I'm sorry. The whole thing that's crazy about it is that like all these fireworks have been going off for like a week or two, or maybe like a week. But there's like random big ass fireworks going off, and for some reason, maybe this is already like planned, but De Blasio set it up so that the Macy's stay fireworks thing is going to be all week starting starting yesterday <laughs> instead of july 4th <laughs> it's going to be every night <laughs> that's like a way to cheat code that it's intentional yeah it's so weird <laughs> so like every night now like last night macy's did like a big ass show like so they're doing it in all the five boroughs i guess up until uh july 4th but it's I just really, so, I, didn't, I didn't hear anything last night. I saw it from my I saw it from my window last night in Queens. But it's just so funny uh, that they just set this up. I just thought it would be funny if like people started doing their fireworks show at the same time, <laughs> just like <laughs> like competing. Like Macy's makes like a dragon with their fireworks, and they just have like these little shitty sparklers. I, I think the theory that it's people just being like "fuck it, we can do it." That's got to be the right one. Yeah. The conspiracy that cops are actively giving them to kids so that people call the cops so they can feel needed. Again, that's like so many layers of yeah. like, do, is that really how human nature is? Like on an organizational level, human nature can definitely do that thing where like you want to be needed, you know, where uh, it's like the the thing where a spouse makes a spouse sick so they get to take care of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, it's not a human nature. I know what you mean. I just think, like, there's there would probably be better ways if you were a cop to show that you're needed. Like, I don't know. Didn't we see movies and, like, all these stories about, like, cops who, like, like fake hero cops who, like, claim that they stopped something that they really didn't or something? They could just do that. Oh, you're, you're saying, like, like go into cl- an ev- Go into an evidence locker and just pull out all your machine guns, put them in a room, and then invade the room with your shot SWAT team and be like, we confiscated a bunch of machine guns <laughs> in the Bronx today that were definitely going to be used to do crime. If you wanted to do it, you know what I mean? Like, if you wanted to do it that way, you could easily just do it that yeah. way. But like, that, it, yeah. like, stopping some 17-year-olds from launching off fireworks, I mean, okay. I, are you saying the, the police are trying to pull their own Jesse? Is that what you're trying to try? <laughs> no, I'm, saying, I'm saying if that were the case, 
that they would be a, it, you could do it a lot better than just you know answering the call of fireworks. It's just that's interesting that police might frame you know Jesse faked a hate crime. Police yeah. just fake a crime crime. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, maybe I said this to you before. I said it on here. I don't remember, but like what it like if Jesse Smollett had just waited until like now <laughs> he would have been fine. You know nobody would have questioned oh. his story. <laughs> We got too much shit. Yeah. Yeah. If he had just done it like in this environment, people would be like, he's, yeah, Jesse too. And then just like, keep marching, guys. I don't know. Did you, did you hear the Bubba, Bubba Wallace thing? Yeah. That was. So we should talk about that. Yeah. That yeah, was insane. It, it's so, um, of course, everybody probably heard it, but if you hadn't, basically, um, he made headlines because he's, he's like the only like full time uh, black driver in NASCAR. Um, are there, is there a part-time one that's kind yeah, of trying like, to like so get in? Like, a, hey, also a, me a, a little bit. Essentially, like every the way I understand it is every car is like a race team, and like you know I don't know a lot of races, but let's say Jeff Gordon is like he's like the starter, but if Jeff Gordon can't drive, they have a backup. And okay, they have yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I got a lot of like young drivers who aren't necessarily like ready to be you know stars or whatever, or like kind of backups in a way yes, so there, yeah. are, there are from from what yeah from what <laughs> i understand there are some black drivers who are in that role i don't know for sure that's just what i keep they keep saying that about him so that's what i'm assuming but anyway uh he basically wanted the confederate flag removed from all nascar tracks and stuff and all nascar and nascar basically said yeah that's right let's do it uh, and then shortly after that, uh, somebody on his team went into his garage and saw a noose hanging, uh, or what he thought was a noose hanging from, and, uh, Bubba Wallace didn't see this at it's all. It's important he to mention it's another person who reported it, not yeah. Bubba Wallace. Yeah. And then the FBI investigated and basically said that, that it was a pulley system used to pull up like the garage door and it had been placed in that garage like back last fall before anybody knew that Bubba Wallace would be assigned that specific garage. So there was no hate crime that took place. And then all these waves of people were like, you know, Oh, it's a Jesse Smollett situation. He fabricated the story, this, that, and the other. And it's like, I, I, I just, I, I don't know, man, maybe I shouldn't be surprised anymore, but I don't know how anybody who's objective and doesn't want to just hate him for being a black guy in NASCAR taking away the flag could possibly run with that story and act like he planted it and faked it because he wasn't even the one who found it. He didn't even see it at any point. But that's what I think that they don't, it's not necessarily that, I mean, there probably is a segment of people that have the uncommon, like he is a black guy and that whatever. But I think it might be, they believe that the media overhypes like racism in America and they want to believe that this is another example of racism in america because they believe racism doesn't exist in america and here's proof that it doesn't exist the only racism that exists is the one that's kind of made up or planted and it just seemed like everybody did the right thing at every course of action in the story and it might not it may have turned out to be a non-story but at least everyone did the right thing if you saw a noose in a black driver's garage, I think it's, and you didn't recognize it for whatever reason. I don't know. It's not unreasonable to report that. And it's not unreasonable for Bubba Wallace to, it does look like a, the shape of a noose. I don't, Dude, 
NASCAR put out a picture of it. It looks like a fucking noose. It's it a is noose. A, yeah. <laughs> but maybe, but maybe that's the knot that is actually tied on I'm all looking the at it. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It like, if you look at it, it looks like if you look at it from far, it definitely looks like uh, it just looks like a pulley string. If you look at it real close, it definitely looks like a noose. <laughs> like it, it, it absolutely looks like so, it. So the, one of the funniest defenses of it I saw on social media was somebody going. Listen, a hangman's noose has 13 knots in it. That oh has God. seven knots in it. So I'm like, okay, first of all, if you know that, you definitely have made some nooses. <laughs> and you, you have some weird shit that you're hiding. Uh, also, if you expect the average person to stumble across a noose and be like, wait a second, let's count the knots. <laughs> sure, like, that's so fucking dumb. Yeah, the official official is like, uh, yeah, this just wouldn't work as a noose. He's just yeah. tied all wrong. You gotta, yeah. you as gotta go over. The person who, let's say, somebody wanted to put a noose in his in his uh, whatever his garage to like threaten him in a way, like he would per- put the right amount of knots in it to actually be able to hold a human body. Like he wouldn't care about those details. It was clearly if it was put there to hurt him. It was just put there to just be a dick. It wasn't there to actually hang somebody. So the whole thing about the number of knots is so stupid. Yeah, it was a, you know, and uh, it was a cosmetic noose is uh, (laughs) as odd as that sounds. (laughs) Yeah, that's the guy who tied its defense. It's just for show. It's It's just just for show. Do you want to see it? I think I can share my screen. Hold on. Go ahead. But the the thing about... um, NASCAR, I think, is like the only organization who is making. If if anyone's watching on video, you can now see that that clearly does resemble a noose but in terms the, of the shape. Whether or not they're in all garages, are there other garages are tied in different ways, Whitmer? And, from and what maybe I understand, I'm, maybe I'm uh, stereotyping I mean, you for knowing NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely are, because I don't know anything about it, but. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. People are like, oh, he was just using this as a platform to uh, whatever. But that, you know, but even the like, human I don't, nature. Like, that's another thing is I really uh, hate that people think that black people being offended by the flag, the Confederate flag, um, is done so to just get attention. It's just like, though, they've been living <laughs> in a time where that's, uh, it's just like, it's crazy to me. But this is what's so insane, too. The Confederacy was under seven years yeah it's like five years so it's like why is that the five-year span that you've clung to for (laughs) 160 years like give it up like that was five years could you um, like that's pathetic if anyone about anything is focused on one mini career achievement like could you imagine if i constantly brought up my like I don't know one small fact about my life. Like if I was like constantly bringing up my SAT score, dude. It's like, like it's, it was it's, like honestly, it's like people who are in their forties who still talk about high high school. school. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah, that. Like, yeah. You know what I mean, it's that's, like oh, you yeah. you wear a Letterman jacket and you talk about you banged Brenda behind yeah. the bleachers, and you're like fifty one. It's like, dude, the vast majority of your life has not been yeah. those four years, and the fact that it's informed so much of your life is sad. <laughs> It's like Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Just like, oh, yeah. could have made state. <laughs> yeah, that's how and, that's how Southerners are with the flag. Yeah, 
Yeah, and the thing is, I'm glad that they're removing the flag, and I'm glad they're taking down a lot of those statues. But I will say, I know what's already going to happen. This is exactly what's going to happen, because uh, it's it's what happened when after Obama became president. They're going to say next time something happens, they're like, "We took down the flags. We took down the statues. What do you want?" Like that, that's going to be like their defense for, "Hey, listen, we're 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 listening." Like you know, so next time something happens and like somebody cries racism. Um, they're basically going to use the fact that they took down a flag and took down a statue uh, as like proof that there's no more racism left, and which is why it's a little dangerous to aesthetically remove things from society. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it's it's dangerous to aesthetically remove words because you're basically like creating the illusion of a sanitized life for no- where none of these things exist. Right. But it doesn't right. actually mean they don't exist. So well, but that's uh, on one hand, it's good for sure. Because uh, one, it's weird, and I didn't know this, but a lot of these monuments and the Confederate generals and Confederates were put up during the Civil Rights Movement of the 1960s yeah. as like a fuck black people. So, I mean, that that's especially wow. those have to go, you know, like. Um, but yeah, it's weird that people cling to that because it's treason. You betrayed our country. You you seceded from the Union because uh, you were told that you can't have slaves anymore, and uh, and. You tr- betrayed the country, and one of the things is we have an amendment. We have an amendment in our government that says you can't own slaves now. Uh, so it's it's like you went against the Constitution, essentially, in a way. Like, um, so well, you basically went against one of the principles this country has in our government and our Bill of Rights. Well, the amendment uh, was uh, was not. The amendment was during the war. Well, I know, so, I know. They they added it after the war was over. But my point is, is like that's now a a, a pillar of what America stands for. It's like one of the twenty seven amendments. Can I can I do one of these that I'm half serious, half kidding about? Yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, Whitmer, the amendment was during the war, um, <laughs> not after. Wasn't it? It was during the war. The Thirteenth Amendment was passed during the war. It was largely in response to. Um, I mean, it was kind of like, uh, it was as much as symbolic or not symbolic. It was as much an important declaration of black people's like independence and freedom from bondage as it was a maneuver to weaken the South militarily. Um, because it was a way of confiscating quote, like confiscating, taking away and having uh, if they're now no longer property, then they can be soldiers in the war. Yeah, that was why it was part of why it was passed. No, it was passed. Uh, uh, the Thirteenth Amendment of the United States abolished slavery um, and involuntary servitude um, in Congress. It passed April. Fuck! 8, Don't read more if I'm wrong. Let's move on. Yeah, it was 1860. Here's what it you was, can find. It was, it was passed by the House in 1865 after the war was over. It was you like that's why the because what happened was is during the war, Lincoln <laughs> during the war Lincoln made the Emancipation Proclamation, basically saying like it became an amendment after the war was over, like um, signed, signed, sealed, delivered. Fine, Whitmer's right. I'm wrong. Listen, the only reason why I'm right is because I grew up in Virginia where we were taught the Civil War more than anything. And there was this there was this more than slight uh, suggestion that we lost. (laughs) We were the good guys and we lost the war. I learned like like it wasn't it wasn't 
it wasn't so uh, it, it wasn't hammered home by any means, but like the way that we were taught U.S. history was like how amazing Robert E. Lee was, and he was a very principled man who decided to side with his state. Because uh, he was really torn between choosing between being on the Confederate or the Union. Uh, he ultimately chose the Confederacy because he just loved his state of Virginia so much and he couldn't imagine fighting against his own state. And like we learned all this like glorified history of Stonewall Jackson and uh, it was all it was all propaganda basically coming from is Virginia. the um, it was the uh, the kind of like joke. But also, is the war of calling it the war of northern aggression? Is that was that really called that, or do we project that on to? Uh, it's by by some, I don't remember that specifically being taught that in school, but I do remember people referring it to that for mm. sure. Yeah. Um. Quick, quick thing because I'm looking at these headlines, and uh, I just saw one I want to read to you guys. Employee of a Miami restaurant quit after he says one of its owners jokingly referred to blackened chicken wings menu item as, quote, I can't breathe. So, you know, so you know how like wing sauce would be like crazy, super hot, like yeah. shit my pants Nuclear. hot. Yeah, yeah. this is yeah. blackened chicken. Breathe. I can't breathe. Oh man! <laughs> like, I, I love how we've, we've people are already trying to make a buck off of it. <laughs> like yeah. that's America. <laughs> well, no, that's that is America. America, the first thing will happen, and anything we're gonna figure out a way to commoditize it. Yeah, that's yeah. and that's. I mean, that's one of those stories where you're like, you don't have to do every joke that pops in your head. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> and also, if you work at a place and you're not a comedian, just don't. Don't don't make jokes. Just don't be funny. Like just yeah. it's again, it's like being a good interview. It's not going to benefit you to do your real like your harsh joke. No one became CEO because they were hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right, Christian. Yeah. No one was like that guy should run the company. Why? <laughs> Does he have like a good vision? No, he's just fucking dude, funny, he's man. So funny, dude. <laughs> 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 you you yeah that's that is a great life philosophy is like just don't don't be funny you don't have to be funny yeah the, the amount of benefit it gets you in a workplace for telling funny jokes yeah. or making people laugh is like just like beep, like just a dash of social capital maybe yeah also and, don't and test your harsh material that, out I on mean, people that don't know you <laughs> and that i mean that's more to the point certainly on this one <laughs> Do you really need to make the I can't breathe joke within yeah. a month of something that has clearly affected a lot of people? Oh, my God. Oh, man. Yeah, that's real. Black and chicken wings. Also, okay, so that's one thing. So we've we've established that that's not appropriate. I can't breathe wings are not appropriate. But, like, what is the limit of, like, distasteful, like, menu item jokes? we talked about another podcast i worked at a chicken wing restaurant that literally had a wing flavor called chernobyl <laughs> yeah like that's kind of fucked up one of them was called china syndrome which is like yeah. what happens when a nuclear power plant melts down so yeah. i mean those can't be cool <laughs> like i even <laughs> wonder if they change them i mean it's a wing joint in the south but, so you I know we it, have but. we have enough distance though like our emotions have enough distance from chernobyl yeah. Both time-wise and you're undeniably right. It is truly crazy that if you look at what happened with Chernobyl, like like t is it tens of thousands of people died from radiation and stuff? Yeah, 
Like, I mean, what have... if you had a what if you had a wing flavor called Tower Seven? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the same thing in a way. <laughs> I know they they well, we can't have that in America, but I'm sure in like another country, like I don't know, Slovakia, yeah. they got yeah. Tower it would literally 7. be like if you were in Japan and you walked in and they had a Tower Seven flavored chicken wing. <laughs> These uh, yeah, the Tiananmen Square. <laughs> 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 Oh my gosh! Oh man, just not worth it. Yeah, yeah. just leave. That's it's, Florida, though, Christian. That's your home. Uh, Miami, apparently. Yep, Miami. That's oh, all Florida, right. baby. They're going through a rough time with all their uh, fucking um, the surge and what's it called? Surge yeah. and coronavirus. I would say there's this like when you when you're like a New Yorker and you identify as a New Yorker and you love New York, you do kind of get chauvinistic about yeah. stuff. I, I took like a little bit of pride in the fact that New York now has like one of the lowest um, case rates uh, in the country of COVID and how seriously the states have t- has taken it this whole time. Yeah. And then all of these like mouth breathers in these other <laughs> countries, uh, these states who are like, this is all a hoax. It's not real. You can't make me wear a mask. Now they all reopened and then yeah. they're just getting flooded with it. Like, I don't want it to happen. I really don't because I really wish this whole thing was over with and we were all just being able to like I feel bad for all the restaurants and all the bars and all the restaurants and all the people who are hurt. But I can't help but be like, good motherfuckers. What did you think? But you that's... thought this was fake, dude. You thought this was not real. Like the yes. Florida governor should literally kill himself tonight. Like but he's it's... such a like that guy sucks so bad. But to the people that think it's fake, it doesn't matter. They'll just be like, well, they saw that we were not taking it seriously, so they injected us with fucking 5G corona. Yeah. Yeah. But Whitmer, what you just said speaks to what we talked about earlier in the podcast. That, like, you can recognize that's not a good human emotion to, like, yeah, totally. want tragedy or death to befall anyone, even someone that you have 180 degree differences with. But also, that speaks to, like, wanting a bully to get their comeuppance. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Really. It's like, yeah, you, totally. there's a version of being like, I want you to see that it's real. Like, can we just push you to the edge? Yeah. It just annoyed me so okay. much. Well, I feel like while it was happening in New York, people kind of took pleasure in it. And, like, I saw, like, memes of, like, uh, people pushing hospital beds with mannequins in them going, oh, what the latest corona case in New York. And, like, how people thought it was, like, not real and we were just exaggerating and shit. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's, like, a fucking – they set up makeshift hospitals in Central Park and, like, Javits Center. And there's, like, a mass grave buried in, like, the Bronx somewhere. Shit of people. Yeah. And it's just, like, we're all – we all live here and we're all experiencing these stories and we're, like, Jesus, this is heavy. And then the rest of the world was kind of, like, taking pleasure in it, it seemed like. Not the rest of the world, I should say, but some certain people in certain places where – um, so yeah, I don't no, know. Totally. I mean, you know, it related to a little bit of like Kentucky's governor, Mitch McConnell or Senator, whatever he is, yeah. Senator was, uh, like annoyed that New York's governor wanted maybe like uh, just a little more funding to help with this shit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you feel frustration as someone who lived in New York or a New Yorker because, it's a great point that, like, New York, does it suck? Yeah. But does it make America so much money? You betcha it does. Yeah, it does. We need this place that is just overcrowded, overpopulated, everyone on top of everyone, because it generates 
so much revenue that then goes into other states' welfare programs. So yeah. the one time New York was asking for a little bit more money back, I did feel a sense of like, fuck you guys. This city <laughs> sucks. And we, because we endure some of the things that suck, we make a lot of money. So help us out. And by the way, helping New York out, whoever the initial play hubba is, it doesn't matter if it was New York, just helps everybody. That's what was yeah. so like pointless about it. It's like the better you curb it, the better everybody is in the long run. Yeah. Well, I will say this. If you, if you always wanted to live in New York City... The next year is probably going to be the time to do it because there is a mass exodus going on right now. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed it, Christian, but I've noticed so every time I go out, it seems like I see a moving truck in front of a place. Like so many people are leaving. Yeah. So many people are buying homes on like outside of the city in upstate New York and New Jersey. Uh, I think like we're kind of experiencing not quite the level of what happened in like the 70s in New York where there was like what happened in New York is like in the 50s. Like they built out all of the suburbs, and there was this like leave it to beaver uh, Americana that everybody wanted to live in. So everybody who lived in New York City who like was like middle upper class left to go live in Connecticut and Long Island and New Jersey and upstate New York to go live in the suburbs and have a house. And then New York City lost all the money and they went broke for like fifteen to twenty years. New York City was a fucking a post apocalyptic yeah. nightmare. Uh, and I feel like a smaller version of that's about to happen where a lot of people are going to leave the city and a lot of money is going to leave the city and it won't be to the effect because we don't have like at the time it was like a perfect storm in the 70s and 60s yeah. with like bad leadership corrupt leadership and all hit at the same exact time but i kind of see like that happening so you might if you want to buy real estate in new york city you might want to consider it the next year. It's my suggestion if you have money. Maybe I can put my unemployment checks to yeah. buying real estate <laughs> in New York City. Yeah, <laughs> Are they, is it that low? Is it like five grand for a? Uh, oh, a I don't know. I don't know if for it's a brownstone. Like I, don't, I don't know if it's yeah, immediately yeah. seen yet in price, but I feel like uh, it might in the next year really start to drop. And in some ways, that's probably is you know that is a in not it is hell. A, in some ways it might be healthier for a city to have like some of the push and pull of like people in people out do you know what i mean just to like reset things a little bit i mean people also are realizing they can work from home if you can work from home remote from anywhere why would you want to live in a place necessarily that is smaller you have as less like a living space you're probably very likely renting yeah no. totally um but I also wonder how it's going to impact comedy because I wonder how many comedy clubs are going to be, uh, be able to stay open. And I wonder how many of these bars that there's, I mean, New York city has way more bar shows than they do comedy club shows. Yeah. Um, and I wonder how many of these bars are going to go out of business. I heard Tom Colicchio, um, say he's a, he's like a celebrity chef. He has a yeah. restaurant in New York city and a couple other places. He said that um, because of COVID, he estimates that 80% of American restaurants will go out of business. That's 80%. Crazy. So the one thing is, is after all these places shut down and the, everything is back to normal, there will be a whole bunch of young people um, eager to open up restaurants, start opening up restaurants and bars and stuff. So it'll eventually have a comeback, but it's not going to be immediate. But I'm wondering <laughs> how it's like I just got past the comic strip. Literally on March 4th, and <laughs> on March 13th, the city shut down. So when it comes back to normal, if the comic strip survives, which who knows if it even will, when they start booking acts again, they're not going to book the new guy they just passed. 
there's going to be so many comedians who've been wanting to perform this whole time, these bigger acts who can't do theaters anymore, and they're all going to like take up like the few comedy club spots. Right. That Their lineup is like Kevin Hart, Chris Rock. Yeah, yeah. honestly. I mean, that's what I really feel like is going to happen. not that extreme, but you're not wrong. I think yeah. you are right that like, it's it's going to be harder for even harder maybe maybe and then maybe also it could be like yeah now is the time to actually invest in young great comics like yeah that was what's that go that is what can be frustrating and it just is you know older comedians in New York within the you know this community the scene or whatever are like they can become a brand name for the version of that scene like they're not a mainstream brand name but but it like. Clubs just then go with the brand name rather than an actually interesting or exciting newer face. Yeah. Just because that's the brand that they go with. And that's yeah. it's inertia. You just go with the thing that you're used to. But if I will I'm, say like when it yeah. comes when this call comes back, having big names will be a big reason why people start coming again. No doubt. Yeah. I you know. know what I mean? So like if you're the comic strip and you could book Leslie Jones and then Chris Rock and then you know, Bill Burr, like Louis C.K., like you would do that before booking anybody else because yeah. you need names like that to get your business back. Yeah. But again, like this is a whole industry, the comedy club industry, uh, with the exception of the comedy seller and the stand, which also have restaurants attached to it that run yeah. uh, when there's not shows going on. But this is a whole industry where their time slot to make money is literally like 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., you know, seven days a week. And uh, that's really just not a lot of, you know, it's just with the, I don't know. It just seems like it's already a kind of an uh, outdated business model. It's already going, to, it's already, they're already suffering as it is. Yeah. I feel like comedy clubs in New York have always been at best making it, uh, yeah. with the yeah. exception of the comedy seller, uh, which is crushing it. But like, I don't know how, I don't know how it works at for Caroline's on Broadway, but Caroline's, is uh, is literally right in the heart of Times Square, which the real estate, especially for a, a building the size of Caroline's, it's crazy. is insanely expensive. So I don't know what the story is with Caroline's. They've been there for a, a while, but I don't know if they. I doubt they own the building. In which case, they can't pay rent. They haven't made enough money to pay rent this whole time without having any shows. No one has, even very successful restaurants. But that speaks to why I think it's uh, it's good to have like. Uh, uh, a correcting of maybe rent prices because I yeah, think totally. I think a lot of restaurants. I mean, remember you're more informed, and certainly a guy like Tom Colicchio is. Like his estimate probably isn't that crazy. He knows what it takes to run a restaurant. He's famous, so it's easier for him for uh, whatever reason. But like rent prices just now, like gotta be too high because we still need people shopping in person. We, Amazon is the best store ever in terms of how it can sell because it never closes. So, and you can do it at any time. So it's like we need to like compete with online, and we need to make like restaurants margins better. You know, like don't restaurants have like the razor thin margins? Like yeah, razor thin oh, margins. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're a restaurant that doesn't sell a tremendous amount of alcohol, you're probably going to fail. Because yes. alcohol, the the margins on alcohol often rescue uh, your business because the margins on food are so bad. I mean, you can only charge so much money for a, 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 a hamburger. Yeah, you know. So like, 
you know, the cost of materials and the cost of putting it together, uh, like it's like in restaurants, it's called food cost, and they basically divide the whole cost by three. And like the third of it has to cover the ingredients, the third of it has to cover labor, and then the other third of it's profit. Um, so you're, right then and there, your margins are 33.3% at best, uh, which aren't great. Um, yeah. For you know, there's like if you if you're working like a an industry that makes shit like tchotchkes, like keychains, like it, it'll cost you like a, a fraction of a penny to to actually manufacture a keychain, but then you can sell it for four dollars. Just think about the percentage margin of Dude, that. Like, um, and, you know uh, what I mean? Like could... cum rags. Think about the like, <laughs> like honestly, Brett. If Brett um, and Jordan, if cum rags blew up to a point. They could literally mass produce them in China. They could probably make them for three cents and sell them yeah. for twenty bucks on their website. And just think about those margins and how. And by the but, way, a lot of dude, those businesses fail even with those margins. So just think about a restaurant. Like, well, Cumrags has like zero labor costs, so we're doing okay. <laughs> yeah. But Whitmer, oh man, I we could talk for so much longer because. This is what I've, you know, you think a lot about margins for companies and what are some of the biggest companies on earth? Okay, just a few, Nike, Starbucks, you know, companies like that. Why are they the biggest companies on earth? Let's think about it. Their margins are insane. Yeah. Like coffee, they can sell a cup of coffee for three to five dollars. Coffee, a bag of coffee, even for like a person is like six bucks, like in a store, five yeah. bucks. Like so, that. like, how many cups do you get out of one of those bags? And it's just, like, a smaller bag. Well, like, yeah. 50 cups, 100 cups? Yeah. So, it's, it, the coffee costs them, like, five cents. Yeah. Uh, it costs nothing. nothing. So, it's, yeah, it costs the actual, so that's, so we, we should be like, fuck you. Coffee doesn't cost that much. You know how <laughs> I know? You're the fourth biggest company on planet Earth. Yeah. That's how I know it's fucking overpriced. Because yeah. I've started only making coffee, I never really bought coffee much, but I've, Started to do instant coffee, which I like. I am obviously not a coffee aficionado. And I it cost me $5, and it has 120 cups in it, to the point where I feel like I'm making money by drinking coffee. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's such a good deal, like I'd be a fool not to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. I mean, that, that that's the thing about alcohol is like, you know, a bottle of, like, I don't know, like a if you and they buy them in bulk or whatever from distributors. So, like, let's say a bottle of vodka costs them thirteen dollars. Yeah, and then you can sh you can serve one cocktail out of that bottle for like fifteen dollars. So, yeah. like, yeah. that's that's the only reason why successful restaurants really work is when you can mark up wine and alcohol and sell them at those margins. It really rescues your business from like the shitty sliver of food costs. Yeah. That's why like restaurants that don't serve alcohol that somehow make it just astound me. I'm like, yeah, the wow, food has to be tremendous. Yeah. I have no yeah. idea how yeah, they yeah, do yeah. it. Like it's just like, even when, like when a, you go to a restaurant, you ever have the owner <laughs> come up or, you know, uh, my girlfriend, and I had a Greek restaurant we loved going to. The owner always came up to the table, chit chat, talks about the food, talks about his story. He's, he's an awesome guy. That's and the we're one not in my really right? Yeah, to the Greek restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The place is awesome. The place is phenomenal. Anyway, you know, we're not big drinkers, so he always would be like, Oh, any wine or anything? And we're like, <laughs> No, okay. And he's friendly, but I can hear inside his head, he's like, Fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, Oh, it's okay. I don't need a shirt. It's fine. <laughs> my kids don't need to eat this week. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a great waiter if he's just like, Oh, so no wine? All right. I guess I, uh, 
I'll uh, <laughs> curb my expenses this month. <laughs> but anyway, we got to go. <laughs> yeah, we go. We should wrap we gotta up. Go. We've been going. Yeah. Um, just yeah, follow we gotta me. talk more about this business thing next time because I have a ton of things I want to say about. But yeah. yeah, we'll talk about. Right on. We'll we'll tease to the next episode. I know we never got to rip rap rapping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about. Uh, yeah, now don't talk cool. about it. Let them know. Let people just, be like, "What's rip just rap?" Tease rapping? it up. They have to tune in. Uh, <laughs> Brett, where are you gonna be? Uh, you know what? Where Actually, go to you? the Raver Brothers YouTube channel. We just uh, released the hashtag Come Together campaign for Comrades which is a uh, movement where you can send a cum rag to a friend in need, and for every cum rag sold, we'll donate a dollar to COVID relief efforts. Very good. It is a parody of the corporate COVID commercials that you see. <laughs> awesome. Check it out. Well, uh, uh, yeah, just uh, you know, follow me on Instagram. Uh, you'll find me uh, posting stuff fairly regularly. Uh, and, you know, I'm a funny person, so enjoy. Big rig. Yeah, me, ChristianDuranComedy.com uh, for all your Christian Duran needs. Uh, King Latifah available on all streaming services. And oh, follow me at Christian Duran SVP on Instagram. My current Instagram, Christian Duran Duran, will be done today. So follow me at Christian Duran SVP. We're moving on. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be a big day. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, right, guys. Bye. Peace.